0: Kids,
1: come in, come in. Hello, come follow me, kid listeners. Welcome to my sweet store of deception. All the items in my sweet shop are free of charge. Pick up whatever you like, no strings
0: attached. Ooh, is that a Tootsie Pop? I'll take one of those, please. Certainly.
1: You know their famous slogan, How many licks does it take to get to the center?
0: Oh, yeah. Let's see. One, two, three. Ooh, that's not a Tootsie Roll in the middle of this sucker. It's mud. Oh, don't like that, dude. Apologies,
1: my friends. Choose anything else. Anything else at all.
0: Okay. Is that a Slurpee machine over there?
1: Ah, yes. But not just any Slurpy machine. It's the newest, coolest Slurpee 5000 machine. Pick out any flavor. I promise you'll love it.
0: Can I have the green one? That one looks like lime soda. Of course. Coming right up. That totally tastes like you just made me a Slurpee out of gasoline!
1: Really? Odd. I mean, Mountain Dew does resemble gasoline. What's not to love? Are you serious? Very well. Fine. Pick something else. What other confectionery can I tempt your sweet tooth with?
0: Hmm, I'm not sure about this place anymore. But I am pretty hungry. What about that cotton candy over there?
1: Wonderful choice,
0: heaven on earth.
1: Here you go. Enjoy. Mm,
0: Okay. (coughs) Oh, why is it so dusty? (coughs) I think I just swallowed a spider. This isn't cotton candy. These are just cobwebs you dyed pink.
1: Nonsense.
0: What kind of candy store is this?
1: A popular one. Trust me, my sweet shop is rated number one on on Yelp. How about some lemonade to cleanse your
0: palate? I'm not drinking anything yellow from here. In fact, I'm out of here.
1: Another trick customer. I love what I do.
0: (laughs) Mom, you're not going to believe it. I was just in the weirdest candy shop ever. They had the grossest stuff. Grosser than the fizzy lifting drinks Wonka gives out? Ugh. Way grosser. And what was worse is that everything that looked amazing was just something awful disguised as something good. That
2: totally reminds me about what we're learning about And Come Follow Me this week. What a totally unplanned coincidence. Listen to what Nephi teaches this week.
3: Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter.
2: Does that sound familiar? Satan tries to confuse us about good and evil. Can you guys think of some good things that people are calling evil today? How did Satan try to make things that are evil look okay? Well, have you guys ever seen like a beer commercial? The commercials always make it look like people are having so much fun, but in reality, alcohol makes people sick, make bad decisions, and it even kills people. Have you ever seen a trailer for a movie that looked super awesome? The trailer makes it look funny and exciting, but then you see that the movie got a bad rating, like PG-13. Well, Satan tries to make 90% of the movie look funny and entertaining, so he can sneak in 10% of those bad things. These bad movies can make us think evil things are good, or they can tempt us in inappropriate ways. Wow, you're right. Satan does try to confuse us about good and evil. That's why it's important that we live righteously, so we can always have the Holy Ghost with us. The Holy Ghost is a gift to us from Jesus Christ. He will help us to know how to avoid the traps of the devil. Why do you think Satan disguises sin? Well, if I saw a book on the shelf
0: at the library that was all about killing and other bad stuff, there's no way I would read it. But if he disguises it as a good book, he can sneak the bad stuff in it without me
2: noticing. That's right. It's the same reason that when you go out fishing with your dad, that you have to disguise your fishing hook with a lure. A fish just wouldn't eat a plain hook. You have to disguise your hook and tempt the fish with something it wants in order to catch it. It's the same with Satan. He disguises his hook and tempts you. And if you don't recognize his deception soon enough, it might be too late and you're hooked. Literally a lot of Satan's temptations are addictions. That's right. Let's hear what Apostle Russell M. Ballard says about that.
4: The goal of the fly fisherman is to catch trout through skillful deception. The test is the pitting of the fisherman's knowledge and skill against the noble trout. He will often craft by hand the lures he uses. He knows these artificial insects, embedded with tiny hooks, need to be perfect deception because the trout will identify even the slightest flaw and reject the fly. Like the fly fisherman who knows that the trout are driven by hunger, Lucifer also knows our hunger or our weaknesses. Satan knows how to exploit and ensnare us with artificial substances and behaviors of temporary pleasure. He uses addiction to steal away agency. And when that happens, the hook is set and Lucifer takes control.
2: play a fishing game. We're gonna toss out two artificial lures with hooks in them next to one real bait fish. Pick which one you think is real and let's see if we hook you.
0: Okay for this first cast you're a swordfish. In the water ahead of you you see a bonita fish, an eel, or a squid. Which one do you
2: choose to eat? If you chose the squid, you're safe. If you chose the eel or the bonita, sorry, but we hooked you. Okay,
0: for this second cast, you're a tuna fish. In the water ahead of you, you see a ballyhoo fish, a squid, and a flying fish. Which do you choose to eat?
2: If you chose the squid, again, you're safe. If you chose the flying fish or the ballyhoo, Sorry, but you just became our next tuna fish sandwich. Okay, for this next cast, you're a
0: hammerhead shark. In the water ahead of you, you see a stingray, a grouper, and an octopus. Which do you choose to eat?
2: If you chose the stingray, you're free. If you chose the grouper or octopus, you now octopie my net.
0: Okay. Now for this cast, you're a salmon. In the water ahead of you, you see a mayfly, a worm, and some krill. Which
2: one do you choose to eat? A fly and a worm are obviously hooks. If you chose krill, you didn't get killed. All right, last one. For this
0: cast, you're a mermaid. In the water ahead of you, you see a dinglehopper, a sunken ship, in a handsome prince. Which one do you choose?
2: If you chose the handsome prince, you win! Marriage is always a great choice. Just remember to tell your chef no stuffed crab sandwiches at the reception. <laughs>
5: Satan trying to confuse us about what's evil being good reminds me of another scripture we read this week. Nephi quotes Isaiah saying who we choose to spend time with matters. Why does the Lord tell us to be careful about who we associate with? Having good friends can influence us for good. When we see them being kind we are more likely to be kind. When we see them making good choices it will be easier for us to make good choices. On the other hand, if we spend time with people who don't choose the right, Sane can use that as a way to entice us off the covenant path. What about you guys? Hi, my name is Alea. One time, one of my friends asked me if I wanted to go ding dong get That's when you ring someone's doorbell and run away. I said no. I knew it wasn't right. It's important to have good friends because friends can influence our choices. Hi, my name is Ava, and I'm from Utah, and one of the ways I've been a good friend is when my friend broke his leg, and I visited him and encouraged him. Having good friends helps us make good choices, and making good choices brings us closer to Christ. Game time! Can you guys imagine having to engrave all these scriptures into metal plates by hand? It must have taken Nephi so much time. We are going to engrave some letters onto golden plates. Can you guess what they are as we describe them to you? Okay, first letter. A slanted line going up, and then the same line slanting down and making a peak shape. Then, halfway up the peak, we draw a horizontal line across it. We just engrave the letter. A! Good job! Okay. For this letter, we are going to carve a big circle. Then on the bottom right-hand corner of the circle, we are going to make a small line right across, perpendicular to the circle line. You just engraved the letter Q. Good work. For this letter, we are going to carve a vertical line and next to it another vertical line. Then at the bottom of those lines, we will connect them together with a small smile shape. We just
0: engraved the letter U. What does that spell? A Q. A Q? clue? That's not a thing. This podcast is so silly today.
2: So most of the scriptures we're reading this week are the same as what the prophet Isaiah says in the Bible. Engraving on metal plates wouldn't have been easy. And there wasn't a ton of room on Nephi's small plates. So why do you guys think Nephi would make the effort and do all that hard work of copying so many of the writings of the prophet Isaiah into his record?
0: He did it because he wanted us to believe in Jesus
2: Christ. Exactly. Nephi said,
3: My soul delighteth in proving unto my people the truth of the coming of Christ.
2: Nephi had seen what would happen to his people in future generations. He saw that despite their great blessings, they would become prideful and contentious and worldly. And he saw very similar problems in our day. So let's talk about that for a bit. Do you guys know what pride is? Pride or prize? Pride. But that gives me an idea. Let's play a game. My friend Heidi Pridey is going to explain what pride is to us. Count how many times you hear her say the word proud or pride or prideful and if you get it right you can win a prize cool okay count
0: how many times you hear heidi pridy say the word pride
6: pride is characterized by what do i want out of life rather than by what would god have me do with my life the lord has warned us to beware of pride the doctrine and covenants tells us that the book of mormon is the record of a fallen people why did they fall Behold, the pride of this nation, or the people of the Nephites, hath proven their destruction. The Lord warns us in the Doctrine and Covenants, Beware of pride, lest ye become as the Nephites of old. Pride is essentially competitive in nature. We pit our will against God's. We are tempted daily to elevate ourselves above others and diminish them. In the pre-earthly council, Lucifer placed his proposal in competition with the Father's plan as he wished to be honored above all others. The proud love the praise of men more than the praise of God. The world shouts louder than the whisperings of the Holy Ghost. The reasoning of men overrides the revelations of God, and the proud let go of the iron rod. Pride is a sin that can readily be seen in others, but is rarely admitted in ourselves. It is manifest in so many ways— gossiping, murmuring, envying, coveting, withholding gratitude and praise that might lift another— and being unforgiving and jealous. Disobedience is essentially a prideful power struggle against someone in authority over us. Selfishness is one of the more common faces of pride. Another face of pride is contention. Arguments, fights, contention in our families drives the spirit of the Lord away. The Scriptures testify that the proud are easily offended and hold grudges. See 1 Nephi 16, verses 1-3. They withhold forgiveness to keep another in their debt and to justify their injured feelings. The proud do not receive counsel or correction easily. The proud depend upon the world to tell them whether they have value or not. If we love God, do His will, and fear His judgment more than men's, we will have self-esteem. Christ wants to lift us to where He is. Do we desire to do the same for others? Think how temple work would increase if the time spent in this godly service were more important than the many prideful pursuits that compete for our time. Now you can see why the building in Lehi's dream that represents the pride of the world was large and spacious and great was the multitude that did enter into it. The antidote for pride is humility, meekness, submissiveness. Alma said, Blessed are they who humble themselves without being compelled to be humble. Let us choose to be humble. We can choose to humble ourselves by receiving counsel and chastisement. We can choose to humble ourselves by forgiving those who have offended us. We can choose to humble ourselves by rendering selfless service. We can choose to humble ourselves by going on missions and preaching the word that can humble others. We can choose to humble ourselves by confessing and forsaking our sins and being born of God. We can choose to humble ourselves by loving God, submitting our will to His, and putting Him first in our lives. Let us choose to be humble. We can do it. I know we can. That we may do so and go on to fulfill our divine destiny is my fervent prayer.
0: How many times did Heidi Pridey say the word pride? Email us at comefollowmekidspodcast at gmail.com. And if you got it right, you'll earn an extra entry into our contest for a super amazing prize this month.
2: Nephi saw that pride would cause the downfall of his people. So it's not surprising that Nephi would share with his people Isaiah's repeated warnings against pride. Isaiah's writings warned us against such wickedness. But they also gave Nephi hope for a glorious future. He saw an end to wickedness, a gathering of the faithful, and great light for people who have walked in darkness. All of these things that Isaiah saw would happen because Jesus Christ will redeem his people. Despite the wickedness he observed, Isaiah saw hope for the future. Let's listen to these beautiful scriptures about what it will be like to be righteous in the last days.
3: And it shall come to pass in the last days, the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. And all nations shall flow unto it, and they shall beat their swords into plows, and their spears into gardening tools. And nations shall war no more, but say let us walk in the light of the Lord. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, the fruit of the earth excellent. And there shall be a shadow in the daytime from the heat, and for a place of refuge, and a cover from storm and from rain. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Thou hast increased their joy, for unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace.
2: I know that when we live humbly, we will definitely be happier than when we're searching for the pride of the world. I know that if we watch out for the deceits of the adversary and we keep the Holy Ghost with us, we will have redemption and joy through Jesus Christ. Nephi had hope when he read the words of Isaiah, and he told us that if we read them, we should also lift up our hearts and rejoice. He loved Isaiah's hopeful message, and he wants us to find comfort and joy in that message. He's teaching us how to avoid wickedness and how to find happiness in Christ. So sometimes, even if Isaiah's tricky to understand, the more we read it, the more we can feel about Isaiah like Nephi did. We can liken his words to our own lives and what's going on in our own circumstances, and we can find out how Jesus Christ is going to gather his people and save us. That's what we have for this week. Don't
0: forget to leave this podcast a review. And if you do, you will be entered into a contest to win a super cool prize. This is the last week for the contest, so don't forget to leave us a review. Thanks for listening, and until next time. Stay, stay on the, the
5: comment Bye-bye. <laughs>